I'm Trudy Kerr and welcome to The Interviewer. In this series we'll be talking to artists, campaigners, men and women of influence, musicians, performers and anyone who shapes the fabric of our society. Today I'm joined by a businessman, an innovator, an entrepreneur, a family man and a cannabis grower a producer of high-quality cannabis products. Damon, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. No it's problem. Thanks for having me again, Trudy. You are so welcome. And very, very cool to, to talk to you because we've spoken before, and when we did, you changed my perception and understanding of this particular subject of cannabis, yep. CBD oil, hemp products, and so on and so forth. And I really want to get into that. But before we do that... I want to just refer to something that's happened in the news here locally, um, particularly in the context of the news over the past weekend of a couple okay, getting yeah, arrested. I could, probably, I could probably guess what you're talking about, but yeah. <laughs> a couple got arrested for smoking a joint over Valentine's weekend. And because of that, it came to my mind that the word cannabis is very emotive. And before we look at what you're doing with cannabis, which is such a far cry from general perception, I just want to have a, a kind of a discussion about your thoughts on the matter of a police raid uh, at a hotel in St. Julian's over the weekend, over Valentine's weekend, arresting a couple uh, who were smoking a joint on Saturday night. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think they could have just been doing better things with the time. I think there's worse problems going on in Malta right now, especially the more, even more recent... Actually, not the couple could have been doing better things. The police yeah, could have the been... The police, yeah. I mean, the, the, the couple... Look, the couple are doing nothing wrong, really. It, obviously, unfortunately, by law, they are technically doing something wrong, which which is where the issue is. The issue stems with the law. The police are just doing their job, to be fair to them. If if I was in their position, I wouldn't waste my time. I would definitely just you know, slap on the wrist or whatever the minimum would have been. It certainly would have been an arrest uh, situation. Well, the minimum is... A fine, yeah. simply a fine, yeah. because they were under the the amount yeah. that, that is required. And even that, I think, would have been extreme. I think they could have definitely just been given a telling off, and a, you know, don't do this in a hotel room, do this in your own house. You know, that that would have been the direction I personally would have gone in as a police officer. But I think the police could be doing much more important things than uh, knocking on hotel room doors because there's this funny smell coming from there. Um, well, it was interesting as well because it was reported in the same story as somebody else who was they had a drugs raid over the weekend some people were being caught for large amounts of cocaine some yeah. were being caught for large amounts of cannabis and this couple were caught right there just yeah. just for a joint uh, and a grinding machine and a yeah. tiny tiny bag of cannabis yeah it's, it's it's a waste of resources it's a waste of court time we all know that the Maltese court system is a bit I don't want to say a joke because eventually I'm guessing justice is, is, is done here but it does take a long time for anything so if this does go to court which i hope it doesn't you know this couple could be looking at years and years of back and forth and, and nonsense just for for a joint it makes makes zero sense to me um the good thing the positive that came from it was a lot of uh, politicians came out and, and said it was a joke um a lot of prominent politicians did i think i always follow the social media trends and i read the comments despite the fact that some of them make your brain hurt i still read um and it seemed the overwhelming majority were actually in favor of of, of, of it being a joke as well and and a, and a waste of time you're going to always get the old religious people that are you know thinking it's going to kill children or something but in general what i was reading 90 percent of people were saying it was silly and, and, and a waste of everybody's uh time and and, and and effort and even tax resources and money because ultimately that's what it what it is but that you just said 
because you, you mentioned that uh, you know people were coming out and talking out against this. Yep. Does that indicate to you that there is a change in perception of, of <clears throat> regarding cannabis? Because we're going to come on to this plant in just a second. But for years and years, cannabis has been regarded in the same bracket uh, and in the same relation as more serious or yeah. perceived more serious drugs like it's, it's, such it's, as it's, it's, cocaine. It's, as far as most lawmakers are concerned still across Europe, it is... It is classed as the same as, as heroin or cocaine, which is obviously crazy. Um, what makes it hypocritical is that governments are benefiting from medical cannabis now. Uh, predominantly, all, all European countries are legalizing or in the process of legalizing or already have legalized medical cannabis. So you have the UK, who's a perfect example, um, still has cannabis as a class B uh, drug. So you can still go to jail for growing it, cultivating it, distributing it. Uh, but you've got the biggest medical cannabis facility in the world in Kent growing growing medical cannabis. So the hypocrisy is just crazy. Um, it seems to be changing gradually on the recreational. The, people have to always realize there's a difference between recreational and medical. Medical is a prescribed uh, medicine. So if, if a doctor gives you cannabis for a medicinal reason and it's prescribed to you, that should never be under any question or doubt. But then you obviously have the recreational user, which is typically all users are recreational, really. They're all medicating something and it goes hand in hand. Um, but the recreational side of things is still what's stigmatized and um, criminalized. So if, from my perspective, it's, it's, it should never, it shouldn't be. Um, I understand that you've got probably 60 years of unraveling of, of the laws that were originally put in place back in the 50s and 60s, um, but it should be moving faster than it is in Europe. Uh, the US is already miles ahead of, of, of the EU, and the US is more conservative than the EU. So that shouldn't really be the case, in my opinion. Well, we're going to come to, you're talking about medical cannabis. We're going to come to that in just a second. We're also going to talk about CBD oil, and we're going to talk about our hemp products and, and what you do. Uh, but before we get there, um, how did you find yourself involved in growing cannabis for medicinal purposes, for CBD oil? We're going to get to the, the, the difference yep. between those products in just a second. But, but, but is, this some, is this something that you train for? Is this something no, that you... No, 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 not really. Um, I, I saw the opportunity from just really from a business perspective to start with. Um, but I have... I have access to a few people who I know personally who've either used specific oils. Um, one, I won't mention names, but he's a, he's a good friend of mine from, from back home and uh, his child was uh, diagnosed with neuroblastoma cancer. Uh, he was given, I think, a year or two years to live, no more. He, the, the father resorted as a last resort to giving him cannabis oil and he's, he's in remission now. He's, he's still alive. And he will always tell you it wasn't the the oil alone that you know helped there was other things but what it did was it made the chemotherapy much more bearable uh it helped with a lot of the side effects of the chemotherapy and it was an, a natural uh remedy which he said without his son would have one million percent died and uh, this inspired you to get into the, this that's area. what made me realize it was real and not just you know you you see all the conspiracy theories on online and you think it can't be true you know big pharma can't be hiding this this uh plant from people uh, dying of cancer and and there's an element of it, it is it is just conspiracy theory big pharma's not hiding uh the plant the plant can definitely assist with a lot of things but there's a lot of research needs to be done 
before Big Pharma could give uh, a, an actual drug, uh, prescribed drug uh, made from or derived from cannabis. There would have to be years and years of research that goes into that. Um, can it cure cancer? I believe it can cure certain forms of cancer. I believe it can definitely assist with chemotherapy. It can definitely assist with the side effects of chemotherapy, appetites, um, um, not you, you get suppressed appetite with chemo. So it can give your appetite back. It can help with the sleep. It can certainly help with pain. Uh, in fact, if anything, the predominant prescription of cannabis is for pain relief. So it definitely helps with these things. Um, but it's now being prescribed for those reasons. So you, you know, there is an element of it. It's already been prescribed for certain things. Does it cure everything? Absolutely not. Um, but it can and does cure certain things. But you're talking about the big farmers, and of course yeah. you're talking about the big pharmaceuticals, and pharmaceuticals are an incredibly powerful force around the globe. We all, at one point during the week, more most likely, to reach for a, for something that is produced by a pharmaceutical. Yeah. And if you have a condition, and, we, and let's talk about epilepsy for a second, most people who who are uh, affected by epilepsy, eighty percent of those people, in actual fact, will will take. A, yeah, a, a drug yeah, yeah. that is prescribed by a pharmaceutical and they will be dependent on that for the rest of their lives yeah. now I, I from very personal reasons when I had a accident related epilepsy started reading about this and it turns out that there are certain cases which cannot cannot be fixed by pharmaceuticals yeah, yeah, yeah. and young children have had their lives transformed by CBD yeah, oil yeah, sure. Ep Epidelex it's called um, it's, it's a prescribed medicine with it's predominantly CBD but there is an element of THC in it um, so there's a mix it's, it's the compound mixture uh, and it was developed by a company called Bedrican uh, Bedrican are a big farm basically a big pharma company but they predominantly uh, work I believe only actually only work in, in the Medcan side of things so that for instance there's certain it's a very rare form of epilepsy um, so this is why perhaps there's not as much push uh, into the into more R and D because it's not going to save hundreds of thousands of lives, but it, it, it is helping. I, I mean, I, I'm aware of two two children uh, that speak to their parents uh, who have that that rare form of epilepsy in the UK, um, and without uh, epidelex, they, they 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 would not be in the the, the shape that they're in. Uh, well, they one in one hundred people in uh, around the globe are affected by epilepsy. Yeah. So even if that's a small percentage of yeah, one it, in one hundred people, it needs that's... more research for sure. Because if if it's working for children, uh, it, it, there's, there's got to be legs in it, right? And and you've got to feel a bit sorry for big pharma because I could basically create this oil in my bedroom and sell it, right, to to to, to parents to to cure their kids um, with no research done, no no millions of dollars spent on R&D and uh, testing. And Big Pharma needs to do that f to get a drug to market. So you kind of have to appreciate that there is that element of it. So I don't I, I don't hate Big Pharma. I do, I do in some ways, but not when it comes to the cannabis uh, side of things. But they're obviously seeing some legs in it now. You had a, a deal done just two weeks ago. Uh, Jazz Pharma bought GW um, Pharma. Uh, GW Pharma was the big... Uh, med medicinal cannabis company I mentioned in the UK so they've had a big facility in Kent for over a decade now as far as I'm aware um, and J J Jazz Farmers just bought them for seven billion dollars so it's one of the biggest um, cannabis mergers in history probably will be ever uh, but GW have been focused specifically on medicines and research of medicines so the amount of medicines that they probably got ready to tender ready to go into uh, development ready to go into further R&D, 
there's a reason they've been bought for seven billion dollars it's uh we are talking about a huge change in thinking and just to break this down for a second when as i mentioned when people think of cannabis they'll be thinking of that couple that were caught yeah on the weekend smoking a joint but the cannabis plant is incredible. Can you just break that down for a second? Because you also mentioned uh, the, the, the part of the cannabis plant that most people would be associating with, the, the bit that is, you know, that's going to, you know, the smoke the a joint. Writer, yeah. So, so what, what this, this incredible plant has so many attributes. What are we talking about here? So, so I mean, the, the two common ones are THC and CBD. So THC is the psychoactive compound. That's what gets you high. Um, the more THC in, in the product, the more chance you're going to get high. Um, and then CBD has more therapeutic values, although typically you would have to mix both in some, some ratio to get the maximum potential out of any form of medicine. Um, it always helps to have both. Um, and then you've got hemp just in general. So you've got the actual biomass itself of the plant can be used for dozens and dozens of things. Um, paper, uh, concrete plastic uh bioplastic for fuel. instance fuel yeah biofuel from a seed hemp seed oil um you've got cattle feed uh you could feed animals on it it's uh it's so much more bioefficient and, and eco-friendly than any kind of tree there is uh even pr not not because of uh, of what it does as a plant but because of how fast you, you can grow it mm. uh you can cycle out a full crop in 90 days and with a tree, you're looking sometimes 20, 30 years for its for its maximum, right? So you can you can continuously grow hemp. Uh, in, in where we're growing it, you can grow it three times a year, three cycles. So from the landmass, we can create more paper than any type of uh, forestation uh, setup. Could. And much, much more yeah. e um, eco-friendly than cotton. Yeah, and and also uh, textiles. So we've got cotton as well. Uh, takes a lot less water. Uh, numbers vary between 10 and 20 times less water um you've got the actual carbon footprint it sucks in a lot more co2 than the average plant does as well so you can make it carbon efficient uh if a country's looking to you know increase its its, its carbon offset hemp, hemp's another great example of how to do it it just right now it's just a price point issue so for for a pound of hemp fiber for textiles still can't compete with a pound of cotton uh, and it needs a global shift for it to ever compete. Um, but that shift will come, I believe, because of what the next global issue, uh, eco issue will be is water and, mm. and water consumption. It's already happening. There's already droughts in LA and, and California. Uh, there's droughts across Africa. Uh, Nestle are buying up private water reserves now. It's, it's, it's going to be the next issue. Right now, I mean, as a, as a globe, we can only concentrate on so many things, right? And right now it's plastic plastic's the issue um i would argue it's not the most prominent issue but it right now is the issue so we're focusing on that so hemp can be a bit part player of that we can create uh single-use plastic and uh, biodegradable plastic i think biodegrades after 60 60 something days if, if uh, composted properly so there's ways that hemp could be used in that that respect that could make fiscal sense now but the textile side the concrete side and the pet the paper side needs more um energy driven towards it damon if there this plant exists if this plant exists that has incredible medical um usage medicinal powers 
if it also is incredibly good for the for the the planet and it also is applicable to so many different industries but it just so happens that part of the part of the plant gets you high why are we not seeing cannabis used more it's, across it's the globe? purely legalities i think um and then the money to be spent into it to to make certain products viable and and then the actual cultural shift it would take to to make those products viable so paper for for instance right now you've got a, a lobbying industry for whoever's creating the most paper in the world and hemp can't compete with that so countries that are probably cr processing the most paper will never legalize hemp because why would they you know they they kind of there is there is definitely lobby power in all, in all countries mm. so unfortunately we're going to get to a point where it's almost too far past the no return point, whether it be the Amazon and deforestation there, where someone's going to go, well, hang on, is there a better option? And then by that point, maybe they'll go, oh, we could have used, we could have been using hemp all this time, or you know, other other types of uh, of biomass. But I think it takes that that sort of kill effect where the, the, it's it's almost the end of the road before people do switch. And the, annoyingly. Um, I hope it doesn't because I think I think there's enough sort of legs now in the UN green movement um, to push on alternatives and hemp makes a lot of sense and when you've got countries like like Uzbekistan where we are um, legalizing when you've got Thailand legalizing you've got all these big open spaces and much arable cultivable land that are willing to legalize that's when the economy of scale kicks in and I think it can uh, make make a bit of a change so what is the part, parts of the plant you talked about let's go back to this one so i'm just very clear about this we've got the hemp yep uh we've got also the cbd oil which is extracted from the plant yep. and we've also got the the, the, C, the cbd is, is just part of the plant so if you imagine that the, the plant's just made up of a, a few dozen actual cannabis cannabinoids uh cbd is just one you've got cbg thca thcv cbn uh, what THC. does that what does that mean to, um, to break that don't down don't ask me each one yeah the abbreviations i'm not sure okay cbd is cannabidiol um thc is tetrahydra something <laughs> i should know them all but i don't um i've got a scientist that knows all this stuff that that's, works that's his job yeah yeah it's his, it's his job um so if you break this plant down it has all it of has these, all these components, components in, in and so cbg is the next sort of uh, buzz buzz abbreviation that's going to come out cbg is helping with 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 certain ailments um, again, once there's enough research done and enough products developed and, and pushed out, it will become more popular. It will become more well-known. Uh, but for now, THC, CBD are the two that, that only, people are only going to be discussing. And then hemp is an actual plant for, for, for multi-uses. THC. Let's talk about this. THC is what gets you high. Okay, yeah. let's talk about that for a second. So when you're growing your cannabis, and we're going to come to that in a moment as yeah. well, but when you're growing your cannabis, how much of your cannabis plant that you're growing over in Uzbekistan yeah. for your CBD oil and your hemp, how much of that has got, uh, has got that we, we high We have to, by law, um, have no more than 0.3% of the plant. So, which sounds like not a lot, but it's still quite, it's a big plant, right? So it's, it's almost half a percent of, of, of the plant would, would have THC compounds in. Um, anything over and above that, if we were to get what's called hot in the field, where you get a little bit too much THC, would be piped off and destroyed uh, for now, because that's just the law that we're following. Um, let, some, let me put this into simple terms. So your plants yep. have a very, very low minimal, percentage. Yeah, minimal, so almost, almost no THC, yeah. 
and that's obviously that's it's the law that we're abiding so it's different countries have different laws different states in the u.s have different laws um but that's a process of developing the plant yeah exactly yeah and and obviously we we will push for thc later down the line there's there's more medicinal value with thc and cbd mixed together if you can if you can get the plant with the right balance um so for us our focus core focus is cbd um, but there is always that trace element of, of THC in the plant. So if I turn up at your fields in, in Uzbekistan, cut myself a bit of crop and smoke it, I am obviously dry at first, smoke it, I'm you not going to get never get high. high, no. Um, it would take, I mean, it depends on you, you as a person, but it, it takes a fair few percent of, of THC to, to get high. Um, could you extract enough THC from, from the plant to get high? The answer would be yes. So if you, you'd need a lot of the plant. So you'd need like almost, no one can see, but the, this room sized uh, amount of biomass extracted would give you enough thc for a couple of joints to give you an idea so it could happen in theory it's just that it wouldn't happen because why why would you grow so much to, to, to and that's high? the way you've engineered the plant yeah it's it you basically have strains so each seed that you buy there's thousands of strains thousands of seeds um but each one has an exact amount of thc and cbd in the seed so you can guarantee it to an extent the climate and the uh the temperature things like that can alter the genetics of the plant um but not by a crazy amount so if we were to go for a 0.2 percent thc seed for example uh in the field it could go to 0.4 because maybe the heat just reacts with the plant and, and it, you get a little bit more THC than we, we wished for. Um, but in that case, we would always destroy the, the excess. So you have mentioned several times about uh, growing cannabis, this cannabis plant, for CBD oil, for hemp production, mm-hmm. uh, with a very, very small, small percentage, yeah. tiny, tiny, minimal percentage of anything that's going to get you high. This is all happening over in Uzbekistan. Yeah. So you, as Melibis, which is your company, has gone over to Uzbekistan and secured yourself 3,000 hectares of land. Yep. Why in Uzbekistan? Um, re- really, just it's, it's the, probably the lowest cost cultivation country in the world right now. We can't grow it in Malta? Um, not to the scale. I mean, 3,000 hectares of land is like the size of Floriana and Valletta. You, you can't, for, for the price I pay for the land, you couldn't get... a. a a blocking to your point <laughs> so it's just to give you you can't physically do it landmass wise you couldn't um, but why Uzbekistan I mean there's lots um, of countries there's, there's, a, few, lots there's of a few reasons but the political climate's favourable they want these types of projects there the cost of cultivation is cheaper than anywhere else in the world we've done our research it's cheaper than uh, you've got right now um, South America and Africa are the two cheapest uh, cultivation con- uh, destinations, say countries, lots of countries, but um, we're cheaper. So what's going to end up happening with hemp eventually and with CBD eventually is it'll become commoditized like any other commodity and it'll be who has the most at the cheapest price. So if we can be competitive in that arena, which we, we will be, uh, that's why really. Um, and then it's an actual ideal climate for cannabis as well uh the whole region uh has been growing wild cannabis for for for, for centuries um probably even millennia really okay um so th- it actually has the some of the most favorable uh climate for for, for cannabis cultivation for outdoor uh, cannabis cultivation so we've got costs you've got political climate 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 um 
the ability to uh, export and import in is is great it's it's a landlocked country so freight costs aren't great because you have to ship everything in via plane but that's that that's just part of parcel um but you're also right in the center of the world so you've got the access to asia and access to europe and you're right bang in the middle of everything but and the asian on. market's about to kick off uh, big time with with cannabis in general but hang on a second Uzbekistan. I mean, it's right in the middle of nowhere, is it not? I mean, I mean is it a cultured country? Is it as a, a modern country? Yeah, it's super modern. People think you have this effect, unfortunately, from the from the movie Borat. And I mean, it wasn't even filmed in the region. It was actually filmed in Romania. So, so like, if anything, it's an EU country that, that he was portraying. Um, I've had lots of friends visit with me. I've had business partners visit with me. And the minute they land in Tashkent, they, they're very, very surprised at just how modern the city is. It's, uh, it's like any other city in the world. Um, it has everything that any other city in the world has. It's probably one of the cleanest, safest cities you could visit. Uh, there's minimal to zero crime. Um, business is booming there now. Uh, and there's a lot of foreign investment coming in. It's a new emerging economy. Um, it's got a stable political climate a new president came into power three years ago uh, prior to that it was an autocracy but falling more towards a dictatorship it's still an autocracy but it's a, a well-liked uh, president at the moment and he's doing a lot of uh, good things for the country this is not what i expected you to say no one about does no, no you have to go and see it yourself really and I, I would challenge anyone just to go look at pictures of tashkent and tell me it's not more modern or as modern as, as the city they're living in currently. Um, you go out in the sticks, it's, it is very villagey. Um, there's still people riding horses and stuff, which is cool to see. Uh, but in the city, it's a city. It's, it's, uh, it's a proper city, uh, modern, very modern. But you're talking about these regions that, uh, that grow cannabis, that are ideal for go growing cannabis. And obviously, if anybody thinks of, of Uzbekistan without knowing anything further than, as you've just described or Kazakhstan you would think of these countries having issues to do with drugs uh, and to do with drug growing plant drug yep. growing now the support for that is that uh, right up until recently it was illegal to grow cannabis yeah yeah so how did you uh, a guy from the uk living in malta manage to go to Uzbekistan and convince the government there whether they are very proactive and, and forward-thinking or not, to allow you to grow yeah. 3,000 hectares of cannabis in a country where it's illegal. Yeah, I mean, it, it took a lot of, a lot of hard work. Um, we started the process over two years ago, so, and, and it was only announced in November that we, we, we had the first uh, license to do it. Um, I have some good contacts there. We, we knew it made business sense. Uh, right now is the time to do a project like this. And if you're the first in the region, um, it's, it's, it's a big project. So uh, we're talking tens of millions of dollars of investment um, and on the, on the upside, tens of millions of dollars of, of tax revenue over, over the next 10 years. So it, it makes a lot of money, but it also adds a, adds a lot of jobs. And it also starts creating, hopefully, what I truly hope is that we start moving away from cotton and, and hemp can become a new textile. Uzbekistan's one of the biggest cotton exporters in the world. So uh, they are seeing the economic uh, and eco uh, value of, of potentially uh, d doing this. So, yeah, I think um, for me, it, it just made a lot of sense, but I still had to do a lot of lobby work. We had to meet a lot of ministers. Uh, we had to convince them that what we were growing is legal now via UN law. Um, 
that America and Canada have been doing this for a long time, that Europe's falling in line now and other Asian countries are falling in line. And now, funnily enough, I'm getting contacted by the neighboring countries' governments to potentially go do projects there. Now, we, we don't have the bandwidth to do it, but uh, it shows you that immediately when one country did it, the rest now would wish to... Uh, to, to explore it. Damon, this is absolutely fantastic. I'm really excited for you. Um, two questions left for you. First of all, and this is about perceptions. Um, my first question for you is, uh, what do you, what is the biggest barrier to someone getting involved with a CBD product or a hemp product when you in yourself know that that is going to improve their physical their medical condition yeah it's it's education really like we we i have an e-commerce website as well so we sell products online already um it's finding the right information don't don't believe claims on anything uh you can go off anecdotal evidence like i can tell you categorically i take this oil and it does this for me like that's anecdotal but i can't tell you it will definitely do it for you because it, it, it can't maybe it can't um so go do do your research on the product get educated on the product make sure what you're buying is legal in your country because some countries what you might be buying isn't legal and you still might be able to buy it and it still might arrive at your doorstep but i always would stress not to take any risks that you don't need to take um but just do as much research as you can check i mean our, our website uh, cbdboxdelivery.com they we have blogs we have product information we have certificates of authenticity on on each product so you can actually see what you're buying what's in it it's very easy to figure out because it's usually just a, if it's oils for instance it's just a, an oil and cbd mixed together mct or coconut oil usually um and just fig, fig, figure it out for yourself but listen to people that are taking it as well because if they're taking it and they believe that it works for this reason and you have the same issue there's a good foundation there for you to at least sample it give me five conditions five you know, challenges that the, the cbd makes a big difference in um again i'll never make it as a claim uh but we we've definitely uh, heard anecdotal evidence even my, myself that it's helping anxiety for sure it's helping sleep for sure um skin issues skin inflammation and irritation acne psoriasis eczema um we've heard that it's helping joint pain and muscle recovery so for instance we sell a um a sport recovery oil which helps uh with recovery and it, it definitely works we, we, we've had people using it okay i need to be getting some of that yeah, that's yeah. for sure um that works for sure so these things uh, are working and is it well understood why they're working um this is no, this is the issue so there still isn't enough research into it and that's where the, the faults lie if if companies spent more money on research i think it would uh it would take off a lot lot faster uh, but it is happening now so you've got the ufc for instance biggest uh, uh combat sports promotional company in the world they're investing heavily in cbd um research for their athletes some of the biggest uh, ufc stars nate diaz has got his own brand conor mcgregor just launched his own cbd brand um you've got professional boxers now uh the olympic committee for vada testing now doesn't uh, test for cbd uh the ufc doesn't test for cannabis full stop so it's moving in the right direction it, it sounds amazing i've got one last question for you damon what does your mum think of what you do <laughs> yeah she 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 uh my mum actually doesn't mind the odd joint herself so <laughs> 
I think she won't mind me saying that, but um, so for oh, her, your mum's cool. Yeah, so she she finds it amusing that that we're doing it, you know, in a legal capacity. Considering obviously, if she's ever had a a, a bit before, it's not been as legal in the UK. <laughs> um, but so yeah, she finds it quite funny. Really, I find it quite funny sometimes that that it's uh it's it's, it's moving in this direction. I wish you all the best, and I really I'm thrilled that today you've been able to break apart and and totally expose some of those preconceptions and and really give us an insight into something that is quite incredible not just for our health but also for the planet as well damon thank you so much for being here thank you thanks very much